Blog Talk Radio. Diabetes Late Night, Glam More, Fear Less. March's Diabetes Late Night Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Tonight, we're talking about healthy morning routines with musical inspiration from Rachel Platten, courtesy of Sony Music. Long before Rachel scored an international smash with the fight song, she spent over a decade trying to find her path in music and at times thought it would never happen. She said what kept her going was one-on-one connections with her fans, No matter how many or how few they were, these connections sparked the fire that fueled her to write the album Wildfire, which is filled with music we hope will inspire you to rise and shine, because tonight is our morning show edition of Diabetes Late Night. Now, did you know when you wake up in the morning, we're always asking ourselves questions, whether we realize it or not? As we brush our teeth, comb our hair, drink our coffee, or eat our breakfast, a million thoughts are running through our heads. We might be thinking, why am I so tired? Why didn't I get enough sleep? What am I going to eat? What should I wear? Well, these things generally don't serve any useful purpose, and in some cases, they may even be hurting you. Experts agree it's better to ask yourself these type of questions in the morning. What do I have to look forward to today? What's absolutely perfect about my life? What's the best thing that could happen today? By asking ourselves questions like these, we shift the focus of our minds towards all the things we want to have happen. Hey, my favorite thing is diabetes late night. I know I woke up with that thought in my head. And that's because I have an incredible cast of of lovely divas joining me tonight, including poet Lorraine Brooks, the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, Kathy Gold, Marianne Nikolai, Patricia Addy Gentle, Zore Joy Ross, Taryn and Jessica, Mama Rosemarie, and Catherine Schuler. But before we get things started, take a minute and donate to Divabetic at divabetic.org. Your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated. Rachel Platten says the first line of this song, Stand By Me, defines exactly who she is as an artist, and she thought it was a perfect way to start off her album, Wildfire. Here's Stand By Me, courtesy of Sony Music. Let's listen. Stand by you. Welcome back to Diabetes Late Night. It's our morning edition, and I'm your host, Mr. Divabetic. Tonight we're featuring the music of Rachel Platten, who's best known for her international night, international song, The Fight Song. I must be having the mouthwash and my toothbrush in the wrong place today. All right, so uh, we're talking about the morning routines, and I wanted to share my morning routine with you. So I wrote down exactly what I did today in order. 6.45 a.m., I got, I woke up. But I actually stayed in bed to 7 a.m. because I saw the movie Deadpool last night, and it was so violent. Those images stayed with me all night long that I just had to kind of lay there and have a clean mind to face the day. I I really don't like violent films. I was talked into it. 
Uh, if you want to go see it, go ahead, but I just it's a little too violent for me. Then I got up. I had some water. I always have a glass of water first. Then I had my coffee, and I blogged on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and then I checked my emails until about 7.45. Then I threw on my sneakers and ran down to the gym, which is about five blocks away, and spent a half hour on the elliptical because if I go right then, I'll be able to catch the 8 a.m. news on all the morning news channels. So I was watching that, and today they announced the cast of the new Dancing with the Stars, including Marla Maples. And they also had, uh, talked about a huge medical breakthrough about women who have a hard time conceiving. Uh, that was done by the Cleveland Clinic. Then I do my 20 push-ups and about 100 sit-ups before I head home, take a shower, and then I hop on the subway I'm uh, on the subway. I read my book, Cinnamon Toasted by Gail Oust, in preparation for our murder mystery coming up in September. Then I get off the train, and I am so fortunate I get a lucky to be able to walk across Central Park. It takes me about 20 minutes where I picked up a breakfast burrito and headed into work. The thing about that that I realized after I wrote it down is I didn't realize how much um, activity I get in the in my day so early in the morning. I kind of I never really thought about that, but that's a pretty standard workout for me. And I found out that uh, exercising in the morning jump starts your metabolism. It keeps your it keeps it elevated for hours, according to WebMD. As a result, you're burning more cal calories all day long. Plus, studies show that exercise significantly increases your mental ability. So it's a great way to kick off the day and uh, get some brain power going. Hey, why don't you tell me your morning routine and share it on Diva Bedic's Facebook page. Right now, it's time to meet our sweet inspiration early in the morning. Welcome, Lorraine Brooks. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, Max. Hi, Max. How was your morning? Well, my morning was very quiet. I get up and I um, brush my teeth and um, um, light a candle or turn out a candle. Usually I have a candle burning all night. I come downstairs and make a cup of coffee. I sit out on the deck if it's a nice morning. Um, I um, think about what I'm going to do for the day. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of almost the opposite from you. I have quiet mornings. I like to start my day slowly. Then in the evening I do all the things that you do. Yeah, I say I just like to get. I have to move my body first thing in the morning. Otherwise, I I have too much energy. I just it just somehow helps settle me. And I don't, you know, surprisingly, I don't listen to a lot of music when I work out because I just like to have that mental fitness time. I call it. How well, about you your know, diabetes routine though? Like, what do you do first thing in the morning around your diabetes? Well, I always check my pump. I, I wear a pump. So the first thing when I get up in the morning, I look at my pump and I make sure that there's enough insulin in it to get me through the day. Um, I te then I test my blood sugar. If I need to take a bolus, I'll take a bolus. Um, if I don't, then I'll just, um, you know, make sure I have all my supplies and everything for the rest of the day. And um, I make coffee. I usually have coffee first, and then about an hour later I'll eat some breakfast this morning. I had <clears throat> exactly 15 um, mini shredded wheats and a half a cup of milk and um, um, a small piece of banana and then I had a nice big kale salad for lunch so that was good. So usually when I get up in the morning I'm thinking of kind of planning my day and how I'm going to do what I need to do and what I'm going to need to have with me. You know what I've always wanted to know um, when you wear a pump to bed at night, if you're a restless sleeper do you ever see the tubing gets tangled or anything like that? Has it ever disconnected since you said you check no. it first thing in the morning? No, I, it, that has never happened to me. I I always wear pajamas that have pockets in them. Um, so uh, And I know that there are lots of great things on the market that you can put your pump. They have straps that you can put on your arm or even around your leg or your waist. Um, so you don't really have to worry about that at, at, during the night. If if I go low uh, or high, it will beep, and it will wake me up and tell me that I've got to do something. But uh, apart from that, no, I sleep right through the night, pumping all. I love it. All right, well, I have a quick question Me too. for you. What do you think is the best time to weigh yourself, according to WebMD? The best time, time of day? Yep, time of day. What's the best time um, of day? For well, the big money, um, Lorraine. <laughs> um, I'm thinking probably first thing in the morning. You probably weigh less than you do the rest of the day because you've eaten and drank water and stuff. So That's how much right. am I winning? Stepping on the scale first thing after the bathroom before breakfast, wearing little to nothing, gives you the most accurate read on the on your weight. 
Well, I, because well, I want to know how much money I want. up to three pounds during the day, so that's a good idea to weigh Absolutely. yourself first thing in the morning. Okay, so then here's your next question, because this is, this is, I know we're going to be talking about shoes in a minute, and later on tonight we're going to be playing Which Shoe Do You Do with Catherine Schuler. Uh, what do you put on first? Do you put on, which shoe do you put on first, your left or your right? And then the second part to that question is, do you put both socks on before you put your shoes on, or do you just... Uh, put your sock on and then the shoe on one foot and then go to the other foot? I knew you were going to ask me that. I do my left foot first because I'm left-handed, so I must be left-footed also. And I do sock shoe, sock shoe. So I put on one sock and one shoe and then the other sock and the other shoe. Really? Yeah. Wow. I I do sock, sock always. I, I couldn't imagine doing sock shoe and then sock I shoe. I think most people do that, but I figure if the house catches on fire, at least I have one shoe on. I can hop downstairs and get out. <laughs> well, now, you're quite a fan <laughs> of shoes, and I know your poem tonight has to deal with <laughs> shoes. And I should just say to everyone that, you know, we're going to give away a pair of shoes courtesy of Earth Brand later <laughs> on in the show. And last month's winner, Morelia, posted her glamorous new pairs of uh, shoes on Facebook. So if you want to check out Are We Really Giving Away Shoes, you can check it out on DivaBetic's Facebook page. So what is your poem tonight, Lorraine? Well, just so you know, I wear a seven and a half, I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So the name of my poem tonight is called Well Healed. It's a shoe thing. Some people don't understand. I like being well healed. Two inches or three inches, they're all the same to me. Sometimes I'm a loafer, preferring to sit quietly in my easy chair. On sunny days, the ocean calls, and my toes delight in the sand, oozing through my flip-flops, and walking on the boardwalk in my loose-fitting sandals. Sometimes I click my heels like Dorothy, and the bright ruby-red patent leather brings me back to my childhood, where I longed to be in Oz. I wore platforms to look taller, clogs to look hip, saddle shoes to school, and sneakers to play. I can dangle a toe at the tip of a long black strappy thing or sachet to the dance floor in a silver brocade pump like Ginger Rogers in her prime. No matter, I'm a shoe freak, I admit it. Open my closet and see. All of my moods are right there. Sad slippers bored booties, wicked wingtips, tired thongs, mad mules. It's a shoe thing, and I'm well-heeled. I love it. Saddle shoes, though, Lorraine? You really wore saddle shoes? Not only did I, I still have mine. Oh, I think Mama Rosemary wore saddle shoes. I still have my black and white saddle shoes. I love it. That's great. What's your favorite, what's your current favorite pair of shoes in your closet right now? Um, I have a pair of red leather boots um, that booties like ankle boots that are just my favorite things to wear. In fact, I wore them yesterday. I love it. Well, thanks for sharing. Guess what, Lorraine? You might, that's perfect because Marsha's diva inspiration, Rachel Plan has a song called Superman which is a love song to her husband. I wonder if she has red boots or he has red boots. Uh, he was going through a really rough time, and she couldn't be there for him. So she needed him. She wanted to let him know that he didn't, have, he didn't have to keep on being strong. It was okay to crash, and that she would carry him because he certainly carried her enough in their life together. This is the song Superman from Rachel Platten's album. Let's take a listen. You don't have to be so. Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick, and it's time to meet a real-life diva living with type 1 diabetes. She's starred on Broadway and Les Mis, been in regional theater with Porky and Bass, and she's currently in Too Marvelous for Words in Florida, but she's making time for us tonight. Please welcome Zora Joy Ross. Hi, Zora. Hi, hi. Thank you. My name is actually pronounced Sora, like to soar in the sky, so Sora Joy. 
Oh, I love that. Zora, yeah, all right. Sure, yeah. Yeah, hey, Max, thanks for having me. I haven't seen you in quite a long time, and I know you're backstage <laughs> in Florida because you live in New York, and um, right now you're in a salute yes. to Johnny Mercer. He has so many great songs, yes. including um, yes. Glowworm, zippity doo Die thing, and someone's in the kitchen with Dinah, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> how, actually, how is it working on the show? Oh, it's so much fun. I actually love singing Johnny Mercer's tunes. I'm singing some Blues in the Night, and... Skylark and and um, uh, any place I hang my head is home and a lot of really great tunes. He wrote a lot of great tunes. Wow, and it looks like that show's just doing so well down there. Now, what's yeah, your? Yeah, we sent it twice actually. Incredible! That's so for theater. That's amazing. Congratulations! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you. If you work in the theater, you know that's amazing. Um, yeah, I wanna, right. I'm curious, like, what is your routine managing your diabetes on the road like, especially on a performance day? Uh, on a performance day, which I've been having a lot of those, um, it is a lot. You know, most of the time when I'm, I'm performing, I take a lot less of my um, basil so because there's a lot of activity. Um, so it, it kind of it kind of depends. A lot of times I have to sort of start the show at a higher level because by the time intermission hits, I have come way, way down and I have to fuel up again. I normally have either a protein bar or some apples and peanut butter, something to kind of with protein in it that will get my energy up and some carbs so that I can finish the show out. And after a show, I have to, which is pretty late, normally around 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, um, I, if I don't eat within the next hour, I definitely crash because I'm still, I guess my adrenaline is still going, going, going. So I have to eat a full meal, like with a protein and a veggie, um, at least, um, after every single show as well. Now you were diagnosed with type one a little bit later in life, right? As it, were you yes. like a teenager or early twenties when you were diagnosed? Yeah, I was, I was diagnosed pretty late in my late twenties in 2007, um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, yeah, your age is a mystery to No, but it, it had so it had to be different because you were you were going after the dream and living the dream and performing, yeah. and then to to be diagnosed with type one. I'm just curious, like what was going through your head when you were first diagnosed? I was in shock. I was actually doing a show in New York. I had just finished um, my contract at uh, Les Mis on Broadway the revival and I went into this uh, the New York Music Theater Festival show and I was the leading lady in that and we had six weeks of rehearsal and I had just around that time like maybe the second week of rehearsal I had started to I was starting I started to run I was like trying to lose you know some weight and I was eating differently and so I started to lose I started to lose weight and um, I um, I didn't realize that uh, I was actually like my numbers were really really high. I was I, there was a lot of frequent ur- urination and my my vision had gotten really really blurry. But I thought I just needed a new prescription for my contacts, and um, I was drinking a, a lot of fluids. It was it was really kind of crazy. And I went to I called my EN, my ENT. I called my general practitioner, and I told her some of the symptoms, but I didn't know that they were all related. So I told her that uh, my mouth was really, really dry. That was what was happening at the time. My mouth was very, very dry. And I didn't realize that the vision and the frequent urination and the extreme thirst, I didn't know that that was all something that I needed to be concerned with because as a singer, and I'm a singer, I drink a lot of fluids throughout the day. I mean, uh, just a lot from dancing and singing and acting. It just takes out a lot. So I didn't think that anything was related. And so she told me that I just had cotton mouth and then I had to take some like acidophilus tablets. And then I spoke to my other doctor and she told me that I had a, um, a yeast infection in my cords and that's why I had cotton mouth. And so it was like two weeks, three weeks coming along, man. I was super tired. And when it finally hit, it was the day of the day before opening night that I had no understudy. And um, I was, my heart was palpitating really, really fast. I was on my way to rehearsals, and I just, something just said, something is wrong with you. Something is wrong. Because I'd been sleeping a lot. 
more than normal. It's just crazy. So I went to the doctor, St. Vincent's at the time. There is no St. Vincent's anymore, unfortunately. But I went to St. Vincent's um, downtown, and they put me on the speedy track right away. And I would say within an hour, I was already back there, already on a bed. They were giving me some kind of potassium or something, and and they were telling me that I was diabetic, and they thought that I had type 1. And, I mean, I would say most people don't even know the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I was absolutely, I had no idea. I mean, it doesn't run in my family. I, I didn't know anything about it, but I was relieved that there was something that someone knew what was going on because there was, like, two weeks of, like, hell, you know. It was really, really hard. Um, so right, and your family change. doesn't live in New York, right? So you kind of had to rely on your theater family, I would think, and friends. And I'm just curious, how did the theater oh, no, no, community I'm react to it? New York. No, oh, I'm you are. from New York. Born and raised in New York. Um, okay. And so, no, my family, actually, everybody lives in New York. But it was, it was, it was hard. I mean, the, actual, the producer had to find, you know, uh, you know, someone to cover me and learn that show in a day. And my friends were very supportive. In fact, my lameness family, um, they sent me these, he caught this huge, like, uh, like this big paper with like all of these signatures from all of the kids and all of the, the leads and everybody in the show. It was just, everyone was so supportive, just so supportive. And I remember actually, I was in the hospital for about three or four days, and I figured out how to, you know, how to administer the insulin and everything. And I went to an audition like right after that. It was actually for, oh, I can't remember the name of it, Shrek. I think it was for Shrek. It was for Shrek, Shrek the Musical on Broadway. And um, I remember I went in for this audition because I thought, okay, i got to get back out there. And I sang this song, this, this gospel song that I normally sing, but at that moment, like, during the, while I was singing the song, I actually had, like, a major breakdown because it was the song is about strength and, 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 and God being restrained even when you're, you know, pretty much having a low, a, a low point, you know. And it was like I felt so like I really needed it. <laughs> like I really needed that strength, all that stuff that I was talking about. It's like where do you go to when – you know, there are all these storms. Where do you go to, like, get lifted up again? And it was just, I had this major breakdown, and the casting director and everybody actually in the room had known that I had just gotten out of the hospital, and they were so supportive. Like, there was just so much support from the Broadway community, so much support. And did you at any point think you weren't going to be able to continue with your career? Yeah. I mean, it just, it just, it really, uh, it, it, it makes you very – I was very tired in the beginning. Like, the insulin that I was taking, the basil that I was taking, was making me really, really, really tired. And so, and I'm normally up and about and running and here and there and taking dance class and taking acting class and singing and auditioning and doing this show and doing that show and in this city and this country. And, and it just made me so – I was so tired, Max. Like, it, it was just devastating. And absolutely, I thought – Really, Sora Joy Ross is now dealing with this this crazy chronic illness for the rest of her life. Like, how how am I going to survive? But I immediately found a support group, and I wound, you know, after a couple, maybe a year or so, I wound up actually co-facilitating the support, co-facilitating the support group. And you know, I just I found strength in others that had the same thing that I was dealing with. You know, so I'm grateful for that. No, I think that makes all the difference. But, I, you know, just going back a little bit to your daily routine, because I would think as a performer the adrenaline of an opening night or just the adrenaline of a curtain going up or even the other side of it of, of having stage, stage fright would kind of um, change your numbers, you know, and, and, and um, like you were saying earlier, you kind of have to check your blood sugar before you go on stage, right? And then when you're on stage, you're, uh, when you come off, you're checking again. You know what? I actually wear a continuous glucose monitor, aka a CGM, and okay. all of my costume, the costume designers have. I would say it's been nine years since I. Well, September 18th will be my anniversary. Nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, every single show that I have done, every single costume designer has put a pocket inside every single costume, so I can actually check my glucose on stage with my CGM. 
And normally I actually have either juice boxes on stage or right off stage. And sometimes I even have glucose tablets on me, like in my costume. So, yeah, there are definitely – Where do you hide them? They they make little pockets for me. Like they literally make little pockets. Or if there's this one show that I just did at the Apollo this last winter, um, there were juice boxes and glucose tablets on stage and off stage. Like it's just I always have them available, and I always designate a DPAL is what I call it, someone that I give like a a nice long speech to and I tell them everything that I would need if anything were to happen. And – so my DPAL was, was pretty much on stage. He actually played my husband, and he was on stage with me for most of the time as well, so he knew what to do. Oh, incredible. Well, it seems like you're keeping in step with style as you manage your diabetes, which is why it's a perfect time to bring in our style and image advisor, Catherine Schuler. Hello, Catherine. Hey, Matt. We have really got a diva here. She's Broadway. She's regional. Wow. She's, she's going after the Emmy, the Tony, and the Oscar. And if you get it one day, I'll be so excited yes. for you. Um, <laughs> all right. So earlier today, we uh, sent you the photo for which shoe, which shoe do you do, which features yes. three outfits from the spring collection. Catherine, tell us a little bit about the outfit we're looking at tonight to try to figure out the shoe. Well, you know, it's by Diane von Furstenberg, Dion von Furstenberg, and it's a modified version of her classic wrap dress, but it's done almost like an Anna Sui, uh, Betsy Johnson kind of feel with polka dots um, uh, and different patterns of pink and raspberry. And pink is a very, very hot color for spring this year. Um, You're going to see a lot of pink and a lot of... um, flirty feminine looks and this kind of personifies that to the max i mean it's got it but that you know it's got a, a, a flounce on the sleeve and it's got those beautiful um uh um, weight that beautiful waist when and and there's a flounce on the skirt so it's very floaty very feminine Couldn't, and it works on a lot Zora of joy wearing that dress when she's performing at joe's pub or any of those great videos i've seen her on on youtube performing <laughs> Don't rain on my parade. Yeah. Would she you wear this dress? Hair. Yeah, she'd do a little mm-hmm. retro look. I mean, this has a little retro feel to it, almost like a rockabilly feel to it. Uh, yeah, so, I love it. I love it. So the the question is, which shoe would she do? So now what are her three shoe options? Well, um, it's a kind of a sky-high stiletto sandal in nude, because nude goes with just about every uh, shade, uh, it, whether it's black, pink, anything you can wear a nude shoe with but um that's an open toe so it's going to be a little compromising because wait just tell us what the shoes are and uh the second shoe is um it's by earth brand it's a bindi in pink it's a bindi flat and it's very soft leather very comfortable you could wear that um with just about any any anything really and then the third shoe is a metallic shoe boot uh, kind of a low, it's not an ankle boot, but it's actually a shoe boot with a very high vamp and a high heel, a rounded toe, a closed toe, and uh, it's a little bit edgier, and it would it picks up the metallic sheen on the V of that dress. All right, so while our while our Broadway diva is deciding, don't tell us yet, <laughs> Zora Joy, which one you're going to choose, what you're deciding, which uh, shoe you want to wear with their Diane von Furstenberg patchwork floral print dress, we're going to play another song from our Diva Inspiration, Rachel Platten's album, uh, which is titled Wildfire. This song's called Astronauts. Let's take a listen. That musical inspiration is time for our cliffhanger. It's which shoe do you do style quiz with Catherine Schuler tonight. Our Broadway <laughs> diva's got to choose between three shoes. Which one goes best with this Diane von Furstenberg spring 2016 ready to wear collection dress? Number option one was a nude stiletto. Option two was a bright pink ballet flat, and option number three was an a-, a silver ankle boot, best seen in Star Wars. Uh, I'll give you the drum roll, and then you can tell us your choice. What shoe do you do? I'm, I'm going to go with the 
metallic. Oh, I gotta go with the boot. I gotta go with the boot. <laughs> Whoa, she's so into that ankle boot. You know, we were all about ankle boots last month. But Catherine Schuler, let's face it. Um, we all knew from what you said with the open toe and the first option, the nude shoe, that wasn't going to be quite right. But everyone's talking about when flats attack, and it seems to me that it's time to move over the saddle shoe and the Mary Jane and into a pair of flats, and a lot of people are wearing these ballet shoes, right? Yeah, and uh, it's, a, it, it's an option uh, that a lot of women can wear. These are very comfortable. They are extremely foot-friendly. That silver booty is very trendy, and probably you're going to want to switch off between the pink shoe and the the ankle boot because, you know, you're not going to be able to last in your high kicks with those silver boots all night. So you may want to take those bindies along because Isaac Mizrahi has the best advice. Strategize your shoes. So if you could switch off between the low flat and the ankle boot, I like when the shoe that you switch off to actually goes with the outfit too. So, you know, it's not like, oh, I have a bright green Adidas on. You know, it's like it really works with the outfit too. So if you find that those booties are a pinch in your, your, and giving you blisters at the end of the night, You'll have those the um, the Earth Brand Bindi to sh- to switch into if if that's an option for you. Yeah. All right. Yes, well, guess indeed. what? You still have another chance to win those shoes, courtesy of Earth Brand. Here's your second question: What's the best time of the day to try on new shoes? Uh, the best time of day is probably towards no, the not end. you. No. <laughs> <Catherine Schuller. laughs> So, he's, so, he's talking to me. Joy, Joy, let's. Good grief. <laughs> I'm going to go with early in the day because that's when your feet are not swollen. You know, you haven't been walking around all day. What do you say? Are you you're saying morning? I say morning. According <laughs> to um, Philip Vassar, he's the chairman of Iconic Shoes. It's important to buy shoes that fit true to size and avoid going up in shoe sizes over time. The time when your feet are truest to their size is the first thing in the morning. Uh, if you're walking in your shoes throughout the day, they see your feet get more swollen and, bear, and uh, bearing all that weight all day long. And they tend to, uh, if you buy shoes based on the size of your feet later in the day, they may tend to slip and fall off the next morning. Right, so the morning, right? That's what I said. No, they're saying that... Uh, what did I say? Oh, yes, I said you. Yes, you were right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and see, All I right. was saying when there's I wear a size eight and a half. Thank you very much. Well, you're you're going to send me your email after the show, and then you're not only are you going to get that, but thank, but because you've helped us play Diva Bag Game tonight and raise awareness in a fun new way, you're going to get a pair, free pair of shoes from compliments of the Earth Brand Shoe brand, plus a new natural <gasps> gift basket filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a cabbage cheese gift basket filled with an assortment of delicious, low-fat cheeses, and Dr. Greenfield's diabetic lotions and products, which are specifically no designed way. for people That's with amazing. diabetes with sensitive and delicate skin. You're always wow. a winner on diabetes. <laughs> All right, before we move to our next I segment. I love being a diva <laughs> Perfect. Make it up a tune. <laughs> All right, I want um, the last question for both of you. Well, first, I want to know, what's, what song do you sing first thing in the morning? Oh, wow. Hmm. You know what I always sing? <laughs> You're going to love this. Do you want to know what's on loop in my head and has been on loop in my head since high school? Are you what? ready for this? Drum roll, please. It is Don't Rain in My Parade. <laughs> Don't Rain in My Parade. Don't Rain in My Parade. On my parade. <laughs> I, I love it. I hate to get up in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, and Catherine Schuler, your song. question is: According to Women's Health, a lot more women are are thinking it's okay not to to go brawless to the to their business in the morning, so they're choosing <laughs> to skip the bra. Is how do you feel about no bra Mondays or Fridays and feeling comfortable all day long? <laughs> and this isn't a ban the bra. This isn't a ban the bra kind of politicist uh, question. This is this is probably the most ridiculous question ever because if you if you want to ban your bra, 
you're wearing the wrong size or the wrong style because I find that wearing a bra is more comfortable, but um, it's, you know, it, 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 I happen to be a, a rather plus-size, large-chested woman, so to speak. So for me to go flopping in the breeze um, <laughs> is not my favorite feeling, okay? You know what I mean? It's not hysterical. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, guess what, ladies? It's time for a little bit more inspiration uh, from our diva inspiration, Rachel Platten. She's got a duet out with an unexpected uh, star, Annie Gramer, who had the song Honey, I'm Home. Here is Hey, Hey, Hallelujah, courtesy of Sony Music. Welcome back to today's Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedek, and tonight our hot topic is focusing on music, uh, morning issues related to diabetes, including what you eat, morning fatigue, and the dawning effect. Here to talk to me more about these topics are three of the sexiest diabetes outreach educators around the globe. Please welcome to the show, Marianne Nikolai. Hi, Marianne. And we have Patricia Addy Gentle. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Max. Thanks for having me. And all the way from D.C., please welcome Kathy Gold. Kathy? She was there a minute ago. All right. Well, Patricia, uh, while I look for Kathy Gold, I think she's right here. Hold on. Kathy Gold? Yes, I'm here. Oh, great. I know you were busy getting the information for me about your upcoming event in April. What's going to be happening in the D.C. area? Uh, we're having a program called Transplantation in Option. Um, it's going to be uh, transplant surgeons and patients that have actually had either a pancreas transplant, a pancreas uh, kidney transplant, um, a kidney transplant, or an islet cell transplant. Um, I don't think a lot of times people realize that that is an option. Um, people find that information up on their uh, on their own. Um, so we're providing a program for healthcare professionals as well as the public to kind of educate them as to what options are available um, if you have hypoglycemic unawareness or um, brittle diabetes. All and right. So it's April 9th. And we'll be posting that at the Divabetic website. That's yeah. important information everyone should know about. Okay, well, you know, we're talking about morning routines today, and sometimes having a good day depends on what happened the night before. Tell us a little bit about how sleep can affect someone's diabetes. Well, there's lots of studies that are out there now that show that if people don't get a good night's sleep, it definitely is going to affect their blood sugar. And people with type 2 diabetes or um, have um, have a, a higher t- rate of incidence of sleep apnea. Um, and sleep apnea is when um, someone just kind of stops breathing for a period of time. And they don't necessarily recognize that they stop breathing, but they their sleep is restless because um, they they don't take their next breath, and they kind of wake up and then go back off to sleep. So a lot of times it's their partner that recognizes the fact that they've actually stopped breathing. Um, And they do sleep studies for that. They'll take someone into the lab and they'll watch them and and observe them through the night. But there's good treatment for it. Um, They give them a CPAP machine and they wear a small mask, the 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 new masks for it are very, very easy to wear and not as um, large as they used to be. And uh, then people get a wonderful night's sleep. I have had many patients that um, are treated with this and just can't believe the difference, how much better they feel the next day. But a lot of people get a good night's sleep and then they wake up surprised. They take their they measure they check their blood sugar. And it's much higher than it was the night before. And there's always a lot of curiosity around what is that and why does that happen? Yeah. Usually that, that happens because of, of how the liver works. So the liver, when we don't eat any food, we still need sugar in our body to be um, converted to energy. So uh, our, there is a stored up amount of sugar in the liver, and the liver releases that throughout the night. And as that happens, um, our blood sugar starts to rise. And if everything's working right, as your blood sugar starts to rise, your pancreas is going to say, oh, I need to release some insulin because my 
your blood sugar my blood sugar is going up too high. However, um, because you have diabetes, you have a miscommunication there between the liver and the pancreas, and the um, blood sugar continues to rise. And I know that's very frustrating for people. They did everything right. They didn't need anything um, wrong the night before, and they wake up, and, and their blood sugar is the highest of the day. Um, the other time I see this happening sometimes is um, when people are taking um, medicine to lower their blood sugar, either insulin or um one of the sulfurea medications, and they their blood sugar drops too low during the middle of the night, and their body kind of protects them by releasing a lot of sugar. So it's a good idea sometimes to test your blood sugar in the middle of the night to be sure that you're not having any lows in the middle of the night and just not aware of it. No, I love that. All right, Patricia, coffee was once condemned as being bad for your health. However, there is growing evidence that may protect you against certain kinds of cancer, liver disease, depression, and even type 2 diabetes. They're saying it could help lower your risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Uh, what What are your thoughts on these? And do you ever think some of these findings are contradictory? It seems one month we're being told not to drink coffee, the next month we're being told to drink coffee. Max, it does make interesting conversation, and we do have some conflicting uh, things that we talk about and and have to really delve a little deeper to find out the true facts. But it is true that the studies are now leaning towards the fact that coffee can be beneficial. Um, However, if you're drinking coffee and adding creams and sugars, then that reverses the effect. So it's coffee that's effective in lowering, um, well, it doesn't lower the blood sugars. What it actually does is helps helps to prevent the onset of type 2 diabetes. But uh, a person who is already diagnosed and already treating diabetes does not get that benefit. Um, And like I say, if you're adding sugars and fats through creamers, then uh, that is absolutely uh, not beneficial at all. You know, it's just shocking to me because I know we've talked in the past about being a better eater, not a perfect eater, and this idea of what you put in your coffee first thing in the morning kind of sets a standard for going forward. And so, you know, I've been to Dunkin' Donuts and seen people order like – they're standing there with a a spoonful of sugar when you have your coffee just ready to pour it in, and people in line are always going four, five, six teaspoons of sugar right there in their first cup of coffee. I know, and like you say, it, there's a tendency, whatever, however you start your morning, you know, you tend to continue those same behaviors. So coffee with sugar and creamers first thing in the morning is not a good idea for sure. What do you think is a big mistake people make about the mornings uh, with diabetes? Like what do you think is something commonly uh, that people should be doing or maybe they're not doing that you that you would recommend or, or actually think they should know about and not and prevent it? Well, um, so many people do not check blood sugars, um, and they don't start the day by checking the blood sugar. If they check at all, it may be, you know, bedtime or later in the day. But to start your day knowing what your basal uh, blood sugar level is is a good start. It tells you more about how you're going to plan your day and move forward. You know more about when to exercise, what to eat, what maybe to eliminate, what to uh, kind of uh, decrease serving sizes, but you can move forward in a positive way once you know what that first morning blood sugar is. By no means am I saying don't check during the day and throughout the day, but First thing in the morning is always a good uh, way to start. Well, Taryn, who's going to be on the show in a little bit, who's on the campaign trail helping out, um, we'll say, one of the presidential candidates, uh, (laughs) my favorite, we'll find out later, Uh, she wants to know, does it matter if you check your blood sugar first thing when you wake up, or is it better to check it right before you eat breakfast? I would think moving around, doing whatever's routine, brushing the teeth, getting your day started, getting your circulation going, um, but before you eat, before you put anything in your mouth, is the best time to check. But, no, I, I wouldn't say uh, upon wake, awakening. All right. Thank you very much. And finally, Marianne, I know you've been waiting yeah. over there. 
I'm so excited to talk to you. We've talked about being mindful versus mindless eaters. A lot of people are always questioning how important breakfast is for managing your diabetes, and there's a lot of food out there to just be confused about what they should eat. Should they juice? Should they have cereal? What are your thoughts? Well, I think the the first and foremost thing is to have something for breakfast. Um, You've been going all night without any food in your body. Um, You wouldn't drive a car without any gas. You can't get your body up and going without any fuel. So the first thing is to have something for breakfast. If you want to have cereal, fine, have cereal. Um, You know, try to find a cereal that's got some fiber in it. Try to find a cereal that um, has some vitamins and minerals in it. So maybe not some of the kitty brand cereals, but, um, you know, something, for example, like a a cup of Raisin Bran has about um, 45 grams of carbohydrates per one cup, and that's a serving size. And it's got about seven grams of fiber, so that's you know that that works really well. But it also has about fourteen different vitamins and minerals in it. So that's um, what we call a nutrient dense food, and that's not a bad way to start your morning. You add a half a cup or even a cup of milk, and it's still within those guidelines of forty five to sixty grams of carbohydrate, which are just guidelines. Um, nutrition and diabetes are very individualized, but it's a good place to start until you get in to see a dietitian. But, you know, if you want to have cereal, that's great. Just make sure that it's got some food value in it and try to get some fiber in there as much as you can tolerate. So cereal is great. Juicing, um, you know, the thing about juicing is um, we tend to throw a lot of fruits into that, and fruits can have a lot of calories in it. The more you have, the more calories you have in your your beverage. But um, it's all carbohydrate. So you have to be careful that your blood sugar will rise and then fall quickly. So something that my husband and I do a lot is um, I'll just fill the blender with some yogurt, whatever fruit I have around the house, a little bit of milk, maybe cow's milk or even soy milk, and then I blender that up and pour myself maybe an 8 to 10 ounce glass, and that's a good breakfast too. I put the rest of it back in the refrigerator and I have it ready to go tomorrow morning. I'll just open the fridge, take it out and whirl it up and pour myself a cup the next day. But that not only does it have the carbs in it that you need for that energy, but it's also got some protein in it and even a little bit of fat and some calcium. So that's something that will raise your blood sugar, but it won't fall as quick and it stays with you a little bit. So I would rather do something like that to get some protein or even a little bit of fat in instead of just getting all carbs from um, fruit or even fruit and vegetables. Well, I want to thank you for that. I want to ask you all this because something that has occurred to me while I've been researching this show for our morning edition of Diabetes Late Night is the biggest mistake I think people with diabetes make in the morning or maybe one of the hardest things to embrace after you're diagnosed with diabetes is the pre-planning, is planning ahead. Like what you're saying, Marianne, you know, a lot of people when it comes to breakfast, unfortunately they don't plan, they just run out of the house, they they haven't eaten, and then they're just kind of stuck there looking, hunting around for whatever's available, right? And like what you're saying, took pre-planning to make that smoothie, uh, to prepare that. And, And Kathy Gold, like when you were talking about sleep and the dawning effect, it does take planning. Like once you check your blood sugars in the morning, how are you going to go through the day? Don't you feel that that's a common uh, change in someone's lifestyle is pre-planning? Let's start with you, Kathy Gold. I think I stumped her, so we'll go on to Mar- uh, Patricia. Patricia? Yes, Um Pre-planning is definitely uh, the way to go because you're you're absolutely right. A lot of people will, you, when you're hungry, you tend to eat what's available. You tend to grab and, um, you know, mindless eating as we call it, just eating whatever you can find. But if you already have your mindset, um, your menus pretty well planned or certain things that you do like to eat and having those readily available, it makes for a more nutritious type of intake. All right. Well, now we've heard the educators talk about it. Now we're going to go to our real divas. But before we do that, we're going to hear some more music from our diva inspiration, Rachel Platten. This is probably the song she's most known for. It's called the Fight Song. And she saw this incredible 
impact it had because the song was embraced by young children living with diabetes, I'm not living with diabetes, excuse me, living with cancer, and it became their anthem and was celebrated all over the country. And because of that, she appeared on The View and a lot of morning shows uh, singing this song that you're going to hear courtesy of Sony Music. Let's hear the fight song. I'm Mr. Diva Bedek, and you're listening to Diabetes Late Night. It could even be a bigger challenge for people with living with diabetes. We're going to hear from two of our favorite divas, Jessica and Taryn. Please welcome to the show, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hey. And Taryn. Hi, Taryn. Hi, everyone. Uh, Taryn, you're living with type 2 diabetes. It's It's probably been about two years now, right? Actually, it's close to four. Can you believe it? Oh, wow. And, Jessica, how long have you been living with type 1 diabetes? Uh, twenty Going on 24 years. <laughs> now, did you think, uh, Jessica, did your life change at all, uh, you know, with the routine when you heard me talking about planning? Has that impacted your daily routine? Uh, for sure, um, especially as, you know, I've come, come into being a juvenile diabetic as an adult or type 1 diabetic as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um I actually procrastinate in the morning. I like to sleep as much as possible, so I do all my planning the night before. I actually pre-pack um, and pre-portion all of my meals for the day and my snacks that I take with me. I lay out my clothes, the makeup I'm going to wear. I do as much as I can the night before. So I definitely can prepare for the day, pre-plan as much as possible. And have you noticed that, how has that impacted your health? Um, so I really got, um, I used to be conscious of, you know, preparing for my day, but I was never super strict about it. Um, once I, um, took on, um, a lot more of my health, which as we've talked about before, my husband has helped with greatly. Um, I noticed my blood sugars were better. I was more sustained through the day. If I was reaching for, um, a snack, it was healthy because it was already pre-portioned and it was there and I wasn't overeating. So I've definitely seen benefits in my blood sugar, and of course, I'm so I wake up a little bit happier every morning. <laughs> okay, now, uh, Taryn, you're kind of the opposite. You're not real. You haven't. You kind of the morning is a challenge for you. So, what's your routine like? Well, exactly, and because the morning is such a challenge for me, I actually have this in common with Jessica. I have to pre-plan as well because it's, for me, you know, you asked someone earlier about what's the song going through your head every morning. Well, for me, when I have to get to work, the song is Manic Monday, always. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is, it's Manic Monday. And so I have to, like Jessica, um, I have to get everything ready the night before. Um, I have to set out my clothes. I have to, you know, get my snacks ready. I am lucky, though, because I'm um, a college teacher. I usually am able to come home for lunch um, or I have more time to figure out, you know, where to get a more um, nutritious lunch. So um, I don't usually bring my lunch because of that. But um, as far as my breakfast and my snacks, I do have to figure that out the night before. But I have to figure it all out before I go to bed. And Jessica, what when do, when do you incorporate your diabetes routine into your morning routine? I mean, is it pretty seamless, or you know, do you do your beauty first and then your diabetes? How do you how do you mix the two? I am a one hundred percent creature of habit. My morning routine does not change any day ever. Um, I wake up at seven thirty. Um, I get out of bed after laying there for probably ten minutes, procrastinating. I shower, I get out of the shower, and I check my CGM, I calibrate it, I, you know, bolus if I need to, and then I start my beauty routine after that. I feel like, you know, if I'm feeling out of whack and my blood sugar is high, there's no way I'm going to be applying makeup and doing my hair the way I need. So I, I definitely get moving a little bit and 
pretty much after I do my hair and makeup and get dressed, I eat some lunch. So with or um, lunch, oh my gosh, that's how long it takes me to get ready. Uh, and I eat some breakfast. So usually within 20 or 30 minutes of getting out of the shower and you know adjusting my blood sugars, I'll I'll eat something for breakfast. Okay, and how do you, and how did you how do you juggle the two morning and diabetes, uh, Taryn, and the rest of your responsibilities? Well. Yeah, see, I am always jealous of those people who get to have, like, a leisurely breakfast and coffee in the morning. Um, I do that on the weekends, but during the week, that's just not me. So um, I usually have to bring my breakfast with me. It's embarrassing to admit, but I always eat my breakfast, so that's important. I have to eat my breakfast, but unfortunately, it often gets eaten in the car. Um, so I I bring it with me. I've Sometimes I'll eat, like, a um, breakfast biscuit, which does have quite a bit of fiber um, and gets me through the morning or I'll, you know, um, bring, you know, a toast or something like that um, in the car with me. Um, but I, you know, unfortunately, I usually have to bring my coffee and my breakfast and, and eat that on the way, on, um, unfortunately. But it is it is what it is, but I always eat breakfast and I always bring a bottle of water to take my medicine and drink my coffee and eat my breakfast and, you know, I'm always prepared, but um, I wish that I had a little extra time. It, it, it's just I'm, I'm a night owl by nature, but <laughs> the French have a saying, the world belongs to those who get up early, and I really believe it's true, and I wish I was one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I yeah. am such a morning person. It's it's terrible. I, I love. Uh, the I lo- I just woke wake up and bounce out of bed. I think so does our uh, LA diva. Uh, She's on the phone. You're calling from two one three. Uh, welcome to Diabetes Late Night. Hello. Is this Sharice? Sharice. Uh, yes, this is Sharice. Hi, Max. How are you? Welcome to the show. Um, good. How are you? Long time no talk to. Yeah, what are mornings like for you managing your diabetes? Um, well, I'm getting better and better. It used to be kind of wild and loose, but I have, I'm getting better control. So I have half a cup of, of oatmeal, some fruit, and then maybe um, a piece of bacon or, or, or turkey sausage, something like that. I've got it down packed now, but before it was kind of wild. But that I'm like you. I'm an early morning person. I just get up at five, four, you know, and I'm 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 ready for the world. <laughs> and did you have a question for our educators? Well, I was asking you because my mom is recent a recent diabetic last two years, and she's seventy two, but she's in really good shape. Um, we took a nutrition class, nutrition nutrition class, and, and together. And one of the things that she has that happens, I heard her mention with the liver, I believe, over-processing sugar. And so I, my question was for her actually is how should she balance her diet or what should she do? Because she's an exerciser, she exercises at night, but she still will get up and have that high blood sugar. And when I say high, I mean like 160, maybe 170. So All right, well, let's go to, we'll go to Kathy do? Gold and then we'll go to Marianne Nikolai. And uh, if, they have a, if they want more specific information, they could ask. Again, we're just doing a podcast, so this is general information. But Kathy Gold, you were the one who was talking about the dawning effect. Sounds like she, uh, her mother is similar to that. What are your thoughts? Yes, that, that there isn't uh, the most common thing that we see is that the doctor prescribes people metformin because that's the one medication that seems to be able to address that issue. Um, the other thing is, uh, if your blood sugar, if her blood sugar goes down later on in the day, you don't necessarily have to worry as much about that fasting blood sugar unless it's, it goes up and stays up. And then at that time, the doctor may make some adjustments. But unfortunately, there's not really. Um, there's no food you can take or not take the night before that's going to make a difference that's been very effective. So uh, uh, it's really looking at what her A1C is over time. If it's below 7 and she still has those fasting blood sugars, she'll be okay. And, Marianne, did you want to add anything? No, that sounds pretty good. Um, the important thing is that sometimes people think if their blood sugars are a little higher that if they don't eat, it'll make it go down, and that's not always the case. So you you still have to get some nourishment in. Um, I would probably be checking my blood sugar maybe a little bit more often during the day just to see how it's reacting to what's happening. But, again, don't stop eating because your blood sugar is a little bit higher. You might have to be more careful about what you're eating. 
what they did mention in the class was carbs, and and she she overcuts the carbs is what I think. So she overdoes it on carbs. Yeah, she overcuts them. She'll cut them all the way off. <laughs> and it's like the, the liver's like, ah, you're starving us, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, you have to be careful with that. You know, what's best to do is to maybe head back to your dietitian and take a food diary for a couple of days, a couple of days' worth of food diary and a couple of days' worth of um, blood glucose monitoring records and sit down with a dietitian who can work out a meal plan that's going to fit what works in her lifestyle. That's really yeah. the best advice. Okay, that thank is great you. advice. And if you have more questions, you could always email us on our Facebook page at DivaBedic on Facebook or go to our website, DivaBedic.org, or hit me up with an email, MrDivaBedic at gmail.com, and we'll keep the conversation going. All month long, we're going to be talking about mornings in March. It's almost time to meet my last guest of the night, but before we do, I want to talk a little bit about our, our diva inspiration, Rachel Platten. You know, she studied classical piano from the age of five, and then she took up guitar in high school. When she's not touring, she's wor- she works for numerous charities, including Musicians on Call, where she sings bedside to ha- hospital patients. Let's hear one more song from Wildfire before we welcome our final guest. It's getting Time to meet Mama Rosemary. Hi, Mama Rosemary. Hi, Mr. Diva Uh, You heard at the top of the show, Lorraine was talking about saddle shoes. For some reason, I thought you wore saddle shoes when you were growing up. I sure did. I sure did. I loved my saddle shoes. I even wore white box, if you can remember that. <laughs> How it's fast really it's changed, right? <laughs> which which shoe did you it. choose for which shoe do you do tonight? I choose, I chose the shoe boat um, boot. I really like that. Um, but I agree with Catherine. You got to put those little flats on every once in a while to All be right. comfortable. And so, you know, we're talking about morning routines. I'm curious to know what your tip of the month is. Well, I do have a morning uh, tip this month, and that is to uh, drink a glass of warm water with lemon first thing in the morning. It's an excellent way to get your body growing. When you wake up in the morning, you just have gone without water for about eight hours. So it's very important to turn things around and start the flow of water again. It's best for the water to be warm so that it's not a shock to your system. And the lemon will help your digestive system uh, be ready for the rest of the day. And also, the lemon makes the water a little tastier. So that's my morning tip for this month. Ciao for now. Thank you, Mama Rosemary. And thank I want to thank all my guests for uh, being a part of the show tonight, and thank you especially for listening. Please subscribe to our Divabetic e-newsletter at divabetic.org and visit our Divabetic Facebook pages and check out my videos on Mr. Divabetic's YouTube channel. Now, remember, every diva and every dude has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. We're going to close this podcast for March with one more song from Rachel Platten's debut album. Um, She is so optimistic. Here's Better Plays. Thank you.